This one is really key for me. Teach your children how to care for the earth as if it were a part of the family. Like when it's littering, like would you leave that in your grandma's living room? No, let's pick it up. Let's take it to the trash can. Let's take it with us. Just having that respect for the earth as much as they do for those they love really, really makes an impact. Yeah. And that leads into being an example for sustainable leading to others, especially children, because you're going to want them to pay it forward when it's their time to be the leaders for our country. Avoid personal care and home cleaning products that contain, these are like my top four that I avoid at all costs. There's a big list that I have on my website called the no thank you list that we strive to avoid. But these top four avoid fragrances, parabens, phthalates, and sulfates. Sulfates are also called SLS or sodium lauryl sulfate. This is huge. We talked about this earlier. Seek quality over quantity. Just that alone will help you spend less, grab less, less impulsive buying. This is season five, the great debates of our times. Season five will be centered around the great debates and we will be comparing and contrasting different viewpoints on various topics that are consuming the public discourse at present. The reason I've decided to take this approach is because we, or at least many of us, are losing the skill of debate. And I think this is an essential skill for us all to practice once more. I don't see how we get to the point of saving the world and saving our planet if we don't know how to discuss our differences. I also think that the solution to most of our challenges is somewhere in the spectrum of views, but never at either extreme. I will be working with guests to curate the content and discuss beforehand. I will understand their positions, their areas of genius, and navigate my questions around that so that the conversation is challenging and stimulating without being combative. I hope you enjoy season five of Where Ideas Launch, the Sustainable Innovation Podcast. Jamie Snell is the founder of EcoCrates of America and the EcoMama podcast. Jamie lives in the upstate of South Carolina in the US. She's a mom of three, happily married, and sharing her life passions while putting them to good use for the greater good. She developed her footing by receiving a BA in business management and a master's degree in international business from the University of Florida. And she enjoyed working many years with the Ritz-Carlton in South Florida before pursuing her passion for holistic wellness as a buyer for the Whole Foods market. After taking time off from her career to focus on her family, she put her energies into developing her own company, EcoCrates of America. This organization provides a monthly subscription program of carefully curated items for your home that are safe and non-toxic and eco-friendly. Jamie, welcome to Where Ideas Launch. Thank you so much, Catherine. I'm so happy to be here. It's really an honor to have you. And it's an honor to see a business like yours that has grown and scaled because I have a number of people who've wanted to start this type of idea, but haven't quite caught on to the scaling part of this yet. So it's going to be really interesting to jump into all of with you. I'm really excited. Let's understand a bit about your background. I know you talked about your, your academics and where you worked before coming to sustainability, but tell us what brought you to this part of your journey? My journey truly began when I became a mom. Before that, I, I had an interest in sustainability, healthy nutrition, and took a holistic approach to living. But it wasn't in really until my first child arrived that these interests became a passion. So in all honesty, you could say I almost stumbled into the lifestyle. As a new mom, I wanted to stay home with our newborn. My husband relented and we had um, we had to make great sacrifices in transitioning to a one family income. So in doing so, 
staying home more. We cooked more at home, or I should say I cooked more at home. I also began making homemade cleaning products, homemade personal care products, just learning the core ingredients of these things. And over time, I realized not only how much waste that I was no longer putting out, our family was no longer putting out, but also the money that we were saving and we felt better physically and emotionally. So there was like all these wins that came from it. And I, so I kept it up. When our second child was born, I took it to the next level and I made everything from scratch, from our home goods to our personal care. I made bread, sauces. I made all of our baby food. She was in cloth diapers and we had homeopathic remedies for everything. I started learning about the food coloring that was in medicines and I just got really intentional about everything I brought in and did for our kids. So by the time the third child came along, now mind you, each one is 19 months apart. So while I'm still breastfeeding one, I have another in diapers. And then I finished breastfeeding. She's still in diapers. And then I'm, I have a third, you know, so then I got two in diapers again. And it was just a whirlwind. It was really, there was very little time for myself, much less to keep up all of this sustainable lifestyle that I had created for myself and our family. So I had to figure out a shift. Making everything wasn't sustainable, as I mentioned, with the time and energy that I had. So I had a choice. I could either burn out or I could seek balance. And thankfully, I chose balance because who needs to burn out when you have three little kids at home? And, and at the time, I had a little bit of postpartum depression. I didn't You sometimes you don't know that until you look back. But anyway, um, what happened was we bought a, a new house or we bought, actually bought our first house together when my son was about five months old and he developed a staph infection on his upper thigh. Now, he was in the cloth diapers that I had used on my second child. I'd used all of them more of the gender, gender neutral diapers. No matter what we did, who we saw this staph infection would not go away. It lingered for months. And, you know, as a mom, I'm like, what did I do wrong without freaking out? Well, one day I just decided to test a theory. Our new home had well water. And that's how we washed our diapers in the washing machine with the well water. We didn't have a special separate pump. We didn't have city water. Um, and we didn't have a special filter. And I realized over time that it was the well water, what I was laundering his diapers with. So I switched him to conventional diapers at that time um, when I was doing the test. And then we stayed that way. But thankfully, by then, there were better options for disposable diapers. There were more biodegradable options. Of course, these natural brands cost a bit more, but my priorities at this time in my life were optimal health, minimal waste, and proactive measures. So it was worth spending a little more on that for me and then doing without other things at the time. So then I continued this journey seeking practical solutions that met our comfort needs, but also had a minimal footprint in our everyday lives. It's interesting because in your background, like before coming to, to motherhood, it didn't seem like you had a background in sustainability. So what was your epiphany moment when you decided to make it a business? Along this journey, it's very rare for me to meet like a kindred soul that had a similar passion for clean ingredients and that loved the earth. And the rare times that I did, we were instant friends. But it just, it, there weren't enough people for me to talk about these things. So the more I learned about eco-friendly sustainability, I just had this desire to help everyone I knew understand that there was a link between the daily products that we were using, the trash that we were accumulating, and our physical and environmental health. Like it all ties in together. It starts from the home, how we live our lives every single day, those little habits. But unfortunately, the eyes of my audience usually glazed over, as I mentioned, like just not enough kindred souls in my circle. I just couldn't understand why others could not see how we were harming ourselves with the products we were using. The harmful ingredients in these products 
and how their aftermath was also wreaking havoc on our forever home, Earth. Over time, I realized that it was too big of a picture for people to see. It was kind of an aha moment. Like I'm out here preaching and they can't see that big picture. So I started talking about little things. I needed to bring it back home. I brought it back into my own house. And then I took it from my house to yours to share my journey. And it's to encourage others how a healthy family begins with a healthy home. A home with fewer toxins equals a life with fewer chemicals. And that was more digestible. And my message was starting to be heard. And I finally felt like this mission that was inside of me was coming to fulfillment. And I, I just picture like if every family made just one change for the better, that our earth would have a greater chance of surviving. From COVID, that was very evident that Mother Earth can heal itself or can heal herself. She yeah. just needs time. All it really could take is one family to focus on making one change at a time. Some examples could be going plastic-free for one month, switching to personal care products made without phthalates or fragrances, or even seeking more sustainable furnishings, buying secondhand. Not everything has to be new. The demand for more caustic productions of goods would eventually shift from harmful toxic ingredients to sustainable practices or toxin-free solutions. So I have all this passion. I'm learning this knowledge. I'm starting to speak the language. The business evolved. Because I, I know how hard making changes is, especially if you're a busy mom or you're working full time. So many of us get stuck in our comfort zones and we're too busy to learn new habits, especially when it comes to researching our products and finding different brands that we've never heard of before. Can we really trust them? What's the quality worth it? So that is why I created Equal Crates of America. Yeah, I love that. A question on this, because when I look at the metrics and the scores and results of where we are in terms of warming and everything else, you know, we've been talking about this, I'd say aggressively since 2015, right? I mean, of course, the conversation has been going on for much longer, but aggressively, this has been in the news all the time. You know, there's there's climate change, there's climate fear, eco-anxiety. We've been talking about it for like seven years, nonstop yet we're still seeing things trending up. So what's not working in your view? What's what's the problem with the transition at the moment? As far as sustainability transitions, I will be honest with you, I'm a dreamer. I often have very high expectations and sometimes unrealistic expectations. I can't always tell the two apart, but I never stop shooting for the moon. So I'm a big dreamer and I just do the best I can every day. I would love to see more consumers shift to a quality over quantity mindset. And just to start there, just a small thing about quality versus quantity, seek safer ingredients and support small local businesses as much as possible. If enough individuals can make this shift, then our economy can start to shift to strengthen and support itself again. That are what I call sustainable at heart. They have a reason to make a clean product or to do a service that benefits the earth and people, they can lead in providing these consumers with what they want and need. So you don't have to go bare minimum. I am not a, let's move out into the middle of the woods and live off the land. It sounds ideal, but that's just too much work for me. I like my creature comfort. So knowing the needs versus the wants and then finding that happy medium. The less eco-minded corporations and companies will need to scramble to improve their sustainability options 
really powerful stuff and i i like the dream <laughs> i mean i think it's i think it's important to have to have these big goals and dreams because it pushes you it really pushes you to do more to do more than you ever thought you could so i really appreciate that from the perspective of measuring success and this is a conversation i tend to have with all my guests around how we determine the metrics for success how we determine if we're impacting, we're doing what we think we wanted to set out to do. What are your thoughts and reflections on success? And also, if you can share with us what surprised you on your journey as well. I find one of the greatest successes is when I see and receive the excitement and support of like-minded business owners and individuals that believe in my dreams. The surprises occur when how much joy I receive from that aha moment of friends and customers, when they begin to see how sustainable they can be and think differently and understand the power as just one person and the vast difference that they can make, even with a tiny change in habits. And what about challenges and, and obstacles? Like, I totally know that every business does not start as a growing, thriving business. And I know that you mentioned about, you know, how successful you have you have been in terms of growing this and getting this going. But what have been the obstacles and things that got in your way and how did you overcome them? So technically, I've been in business for a year and a half, but I've been selling boxes for maybe 14 months now. And one of my biggest obstacles was getting in front of the extensive, like an extensive base of ideal customers and speaking the language that resonated with them. I've been on this journey so long, I see it more as an eco-friendly, sustainable journey. But busy mamas don't have time to think about the earth. They are busy changing diapers and trying to get dinner on the table and wondering when the last time they had a full night's sleep is. But what they do want is like the best for their kids. They want a healthy environment. If they knew about the chemicals, they'd probably be too scared to use anything ever again. So it's taking this approach of language that helps them see or entices them to want to learn a little bit more without being scared off. So learning that language of health, healthy home and healthy family versus eco-friendly and sustainability. So making that shift so that I could be heard, it's what some people might call dog whistles, that the people that I'm trying to get to, they, they get it, they understand it because they do want that. They just didn't know what it was called. The other struggle, and I this, I'm not alone in this, this is with every startup, is that, you know, finding the excess funding to go above and beyond inventory and operational cost. So it would be really nice to have the money to pay someone to help me so that I could focus on the growth part and they can start doing the day-to-day -day functions of the business that I have established in the past year. Things like social media, customer service, so that I can get out there and, you know, start communicating. And I'm going to share here, this would be a really great time. I recently did a boot camp with my community in the city that I live in. And they were wonderful. And it was very intensive. The very first day, we looked at the business. We tried to find out where are my sore points? Like, what am I missing? And what should I be focusing on? And they talked about business to business. And business to business is done quite a bit in the subscription box industry. And of course, I wanted to do that. That was on, on the back burner. That's something I would get to later once I had a bigger following and a larger stronghold and you know, just more established, so to speak, so that they could sh see that I had something to offer. And they convinced me like, you don't need to wait. You already have so much to offer. There are so many companies out there that are, they're sustainably aligned, but they don't have time to do all that research on how to practice that in their everyday workplace and run their business. So 
why don't you reach out and see about corporate gifting or corporate bundling? And that very day they had me make phone calls and I have two contracts already with corporate gifting, one with corporate gifting and one with corporate bundling, aligning with these existing sustainable corporations are we're aligned, like what we believe, what our goals are. Um, they just happen to be doing something bigger scale and I am doing something smaller scale, but we benefit from each other. So that is something that's like a... Uh, you would talk about the obstacles, but moving forward and talking to more people about those obstacles, don't. that's something that entrepreneurs do. We don't talk about the problems enough. We need to be able to talk about the problems to work through them because you never know who can help you on the other side or who's going to inspire you to do something maybe you were scared to do. And that is the pivot you needed to make for your business to start thriving. I think what, what happens, what tends to happen, we, we go online to find that support for a business. But often, you know, like we have some service-based entrepreneurs trying to help product-based entrepreneurs, but the dynamics of the business are very different. And what we really need is, is, you know, those business owners that are doing similar things to really share, to have that place, that safe space to come and talk about the problems and work through it together, as opposed to have someone pitch you something that you don't need, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So it's the connection in the community where you grow together and you thrive together because you have that common goal with whatever your business may be. So yes. I think- Community is critical when you're trying to overcome obstacles and, and challenges. Absolutely. So tell us about what's next for EcoCrates of America and in fact for you. Well, as I said, I'm a dreamer. So I like to have big lofty goals. Um, when I set out my business model in the very beginning, I set out a goal that within five years time, that I would have 700 recurring monthly subscribers. This meant that I would be reaching 700 homes every single month products, home cleaning, personal care, developed relationships with these small businesses, helping them grow, shining the light on them for the goodness they are providing. I would also like to have accumulated at least $5,000 cash to give as an award to a budding ecopreneur. I have a 1% give back program. So 1% of all profits are set aside. And then I'd like to have that build enough to get to be able to help someone else get on their feet that wants to start a sustainable business. And then finally, I think I really enjoy working with people one-on-one -on -one offering virtual coaching, you know, directly to individuals and families that they need a little handholding because God knows I do sometimes too. Like starting something new, I'm, I don't always have the confidence to just do it. I need someone to hold my hand, walk me through the first three steps, and then I've got it from there. So if I could be that service to someone in addition to you know, I can lead them to the water, but sometimes they want me to help them crawl into the water too. So having the time to be able to do that, to help them create a home with fewer toxins that, that don't really know where to start. Would you be know, awesome you know what I would like? You got to write this down because this is a service I would love. I would love okay. someone to ask me to share my shopping list and then figure out replacements for everything in my shopping list. Ooh, that for me wow. What an awesome an service would awesome that be? Service. Yes. <laughs> Because it takes so much time to go in and figure out which one's going to work, which one's not. So if you really like the benefits of this product, you're going to like this one that has cleaner ingredients. Yeah. Send me a copy of your list and I'll see what I can figure out. I love it. I love it. That's that awesome. sounds like a challenge I would really enjoy. <laughs> That's awesome. So tell us a bit about some tips. I, I know that everyone listening, you know, a lot of people who are listening to this podcast have already started their journey and they're definitely already doing some things. But still, just give us some layman's tips about what we can start with, how to how to improve our game in the sustainability space in terms of home products. Absolutely. I would love to. So first thing I'll say, no matter how long you're on this journey, there's always more to learn. So never stop sharing with other people 
but also have an open heart because you never know who might have a good idea that could be a game changer for you, making life a little bit more simpler and still being sustainable. Not to say that I'm a guru in all of this, but I can share some of the tips and tricks that I've learned along the way and that I share with other people that are pretty basic things, but some of us just lose sight of it because it is so simple. So one thing could be ditching your body wash for bar soap. There's less plastic right there. Start eating at home more often. Shop your local's farmer's market instead of the large chain stores. Because a lot of their produce, if you look at the tags, they're coming from outside of the country. So shop the local uh, farmer's markets, but also eat seasonally because that's where you're going to get your fresh produce. Buy from frozen. If you must have something that's not in season, not canned. Eat less meat. Now I am, I'm definitely a meat eater. I'm not going to pretend not to be. And I would say if bacon wasn't a meat, I might be able to go vegetarian, but bacon does exist. So I don't know how to live without it. Um, I, I totally get that. <laughs> yeah. I, can, I, I don't need steak, but bacon. Oh my goodness. So uh, yeah, eat less processed foods. Um, I do do uncured bacon. If that, if that saves anyone there from a heart attack, seek organic foods when possible. Uh, EWG, I'm sure most, most of your listeners know about them, but they have the clean 15 and the dirty dozen put out a new list every year. And they tell you what, if you're going to, if you're limited on budget, and you can only get certain things organic, it'll tell you what's most important to get organic. Use paper bags or reusable bags instead of plastic. This one is really key for me. Teach your children how to care for the earth as if it were a part of the family. Like when it's littering, like would you leave that in your grandma's living room? No, let's pick it up. Let's take it to the trash can. Let's take it with us. Um, Just having that respect for the earth as much as they do for those they love really, really makes an impact. Yeah. And that leads into being an example for sustainable leading to others, especially children, because you're going to want them to pay it forward when it's their time to be the leaders for our country. I love this. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Just a couple more I have here. Avoid personal care and home cleaning products that contain. These are like my top four that I avoid at all costs. There's a big list that I have on my website called the no thank you list that we strive to avoid. But these top four avoid fragrances, parabens, phthalates, and sulfates. Sulfates are also called SLS or sodium lauryl sulfate. This is huge. We talked about this earlier. Seek quality over quantity. Just that alone will help you spend less, grab less. Less impulsive buying really does equal more money in the bank and a better earth. So next time you do need to go to Target, skip that dollar to, I think it's a $3 section now, but skip by that and avoid the dollar store. <laughs> Seek quality over quantity. Open more windows. Fresh air is so important. Our indoor air quality is two to five times worse than the outdoor air quality. And it's because we're stuffing the air. Our homes don't breathe anymore. Everything's made so efficiently that we don't give it a chance. There's no way for air to escape and come back in. So we have to open the windows to get that fresh air. Reduce, reuse, recycle, repurpose, and refuse. So that's a big thing. Like we talked about, you've mentioned in the last seven years, how the conversation has gotten more prevalent with sustainability. It used to be the three R's. And I think it's technically it's like the seven R's now, but these are the five R's that I still like strive by. Give up fast fashion. This can be hard for some people, especially if you like your foo-foo stuff. But let me tell you, if you just get a few articles that are very well-made, you can still have a very nice wardrobe. You don't need to be buying things... Every time you go out, I have an aunt who literally, God bless her heart, but she loves to go to Walmart 
and Target and the department store and the mall. And she just loves finding sales. And that's her hobby. And it kills me because she has more than she ever needs. And it's all fast fashion. Finally, I have here in my on my list of things, tips and tricks is, and this is this is the biggest, this is the biggest changer. Know the companies that you're giving your money to. Mm-hmm. Ask yourself, do they align with what I believe? Are my values in line with their values? Yeah. Know that you and only you as an individual have the power to vote with your dollar and you work hard for that money. So I suggest you make it count. I love all of this stuff. And and I don't want to challenge you, but I do want to put a challenge out there probably to everyone, because I know what some people are going to think, depending on who they are listening to this stuff. It's like, we've just heard of all the job uh, losses that we've had across big tech, for example, you know, it was Facebook one day, Amazon another day, you know, um, and and they keep going on, they keep rolling on Microsoft as well, etc. What can we do? Or how can we think about the world differently? To, to make sure that even when we make these choices to support local, etc, that starts creating some kind of havoc in the economy, because people are looking away from the big players. How can we make sure that we're taking care of the people around us too, you know? I have found, as I said in the beginning, I was actually saving money when I started making everything myself. If, you, if you're not working, you got a little bit more time on your hands. You can start asking yourself what your needs are versus your wants. So that shift in quality of quantity and need and want can save you money right there. I took it up a notch in my personal endeavors, and I only buy American-made when possible. I believe in international trade. Don't get me wrong. I love computers and television. You can't find electronics here like they make them there. But on the flip side, I can find clothes here. I can find food here. Those are two basic needs. I don't have to buy stuff that is shipped from, you know, across the ocean. I can just focus on slow, small, sustainable options here in my own backyard. And you can do the same for yours. And in doing so, when I chose to only buy American, I literally limited so much of what I could buy. I no longer really go to the stores. I don't shop Target anymore. I didn't really like Walmart to begin with, but I don't go to Walmart. I don't even, the grocery store still has limited options other than the basic food. But again, I try to do the farmer's markets. We have some local co-ops that we try to get most of our food from. And then there's, I mean, there, there are options out there that are less costly, to be honest with you. And if something, if you're looking at two different products and one product is safe and one is not, but this one looks like it's so much more money, I guarantee you the one that is cheap is dumbed down with extra water or harmful ingredients that are either going to burn through the product a lot faster or make you pay more for your health insurance in the long run because you're not being proactive to take care of your health. So there's there's an investment in your future. But if you were to, you know, so let's say the, the generic lasts with the not safe ingredients, it might last you three weeks where the quality one that's made with pure essential oils and maybe it was a concentrate and you add your own water to it, your own safe water, then that could last you three months. So there's an opportunity cost there. Do you want it cheap right now so you can get what you need and move on? Or do you want to think about a slower movement, being proactive with your health, being proactive with your money? Like what is the best for investment? And yeah, so try to limit your options by saying need versus want and quality over quantity, and then seek those things that you can't live without and try and find a more sustainable option that is going to last you longer than the less expensive item that you normally would buy. That is so powerful. Jamie, you've been amazing. All of your advice and tips are great. 
And I cannot wait to share this episode with everyone. So let everyone know how they can get in touch with you. Absolutely. So you have plenty of options. I'm on every platform. You can go to jamie.snell, that's J-A-I-M-E dot Snell at ecocratesofamerica.com. I also have a website, Ecocrates of America, and we just opened our shop. So we have some surplus items as well as items that I feel are just important to have around. And they might not have been in a previous crate, but they're available for, for the shop. And we're slowly building the shop. So it's like one or two items added per day. So you can visit that at ecocratesofamerica.com backslash shop, or just go to the main page and click the shop button at the top. Let's see, I'm on Facebook. I'm in LinkedIn. If you are a corporation and you're looking for some easy, sustainable gifts for your employees, this holiday or year round, give me a call. I do some custom curating as well as duplicating boxes we've done in the past. So I'm on Instagram. I do have a YouTube channel, Pinterest. There's a little bit on Pinterest there. So Ecocrates of America is, is on all of those. So you pick your favorite platform and you can go see what I've been up to lately on that one. Fabulous. And I know that roughly 50% of my audience is in the US and the rest are all over the world. Is there something that you do that could support listeners who are all over the world? I have a blog where I share information and I also have a podcast now. It's called Eco Mama Podcast and you can find me on Apple and Spotify. You can also go to ecomamapodcast.com and see my latest episode. And on that, it's very simple, straightforward. Tuesdays is just a simple conversation about what this eco mama has been up to on her journey. Sometimes it's an interview with whether it's industry experts or just a mom who made one change and the world was better for her. And then on Fridays, um, for all those that like to geek out over products, I do deep dives on the different ingredients that we try that I try to avoid as an individual, as a mom, and also as a business owner. So on Fridays is when I do the deep dives into what fragrance is and where it's found, what phthalates are, what else it's known as. So those ingredients and the products that you need to be looking for them in. So that's every Friday. And that's maybe five to 10 minute podcast. Thank you so much, Jamie. And it's been really a pleasure to meet you and to chat with you today and wish you all the best. Thank you so much, Catherine. This was wonderful. Thank you for having me on your show. This podcast is brought to you today by the brand new Women in Sustainable Business Awards that kicks off in 2023. If you're a business owner who's starting a business with principles of sustainability in mind, and you want to preserve some lost skills, some handcrafting, artisanal work, or you're a social media manager supporting purpose-driven brands, or you're creating fashion or something that is relevant to the sustainability and green transformation, you are more than welcome to join us and to get involved in these awards. Check out our group on Facebook, Women in Sustainable Business, or follow the podcast, Where Ideas Launch, on Instagram to find out more.